Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast. This is episode 92 for the 21st of Adar Aleph and Alipir. And today we are concluding chapter 30, and we're going to bring it back full circle and back to the idea of how we should feel humble in the face of every person and why we should feel humble in the face of every person. So let's go back to the beginning and kind of like get us give a sum up of the journey that we went on in this chapter. So if you recall, and if you and always best, of course, to go back and listen to the previous episodes if you haven't done so already. But we started off this chapter by talking about how it's really essential and imperative that we do not see ourselves as better than anybody else and that we don't see ourselves as being holier than thou or self-righteous or anything like that. And the reason why is because we don't know the struggles that other people go through. And while it might look like on the outside that somebody is doing something that is really horrible or horrendous or something we would never do. We don't know what their nature is. We don't know the impulses that they have to grapple with. And we also don't know what kind of things in their environment are contributing to having them behave in different ways. And this isn't to make an excuse for negative behavior, but it is to make us maybe focus less on other people and focus more on ourselves. And then we went into a whole discussion about how how to focus on ourselves and how we really need to focus on our own struggles and and work ourselves to the max when it comes to serving God, whether it's in proactive kind of ways or whether it's in regard to self-restraint. And then today we're really going to bring it back full circle, like I mentioned, and talk about how this type of mentality and this type of thinking of focusing on our own struggles and all of this really should make us very humble in the face of every person. And the reason why is because if you are studying this book and if you're really working on yourself in this manner, the ultra is assuming that you are the type of person that's not an ignoramus. It's he's, they're not somebody who it's somebody who is motivated towards self growth. It's somebody who spends time focusing on God, focusing on trying to better and improve ourselves. And so what the ultra is basically going to teach us in this section is that we should know better. So he's holding us to a little bit of a higher standard than regular, so to speak, people. So the average person on the street that you see doing who knows what, whatever, it's like the ultra is kind of saying, what do you expect? These people aren't necessarily exposed to Torah. They're not ex- exposed to Torah teachings. They don't spend time learning every day and devoting themselves to self-growth. So Yes. Okay. So they aren't necessarily behaving in the most ideal manner, but you who do take the time to focus on God and, and spirituality and improving your, 
your character traits and all that, well, that might inherently seem like, wow, you know, you're so good and that's a reason to feel self-righteous. The altar Rebbe is, is flipping this on its head and he says, no, on the contrary, this is why you should be especially humble because you should realize that you know better. And so this reminds me a little bit of this time when I was back at McGill University where I went to college and I had to take, you, you, you know, you have to take like a certain amount of credits for different things and that have nothing to do with your degree. So I had to fill up my credits in some way and there was a beginning Hebrew course. <laughs> so I know Hebrew fluently. If you haven't uh, picked that up from my podcast, I lived in Israel for several years when I was a child. So I do not need a beginner Hebrew course, but nevertheless, easy, quick credits is a thing to do. It's a, it's a, I figured why not? So I decided to take this, this class and it was very easy as to be expected. You know, people were learning like really, really basic Hebrew and I spoke Hebrew fluently and the teacher tried to make things a little bit more difficult for me when she caught on to what was going on by giving me like extra reading and writing assignments and things like that. But nevertheless, suffice it to say, the class was definitely a lot easier for me than for most people just by virtue of my circumstances growing up, it really nothing to do with with my own merit or anything like that. So then when it came time to getting tests tested and doing the tests, I was given even though she gave me extra writing assignments and stuff like that, at the end of the day, the tests that I was given was the same as everybody else in the class. And so obviously, yay me, I got hundreds and all the tests. Because again, this was a beginner, very basic Hebrew, Hebrew class. So the point of the story and why I'm telling you this and in relation to what we're learning today is do you think that my hundred was worth as much as a student in the class who had never encountered Hebrew before in their life, who had zero experience with Hebrew, maybe they weren't even Jewish, and they came into that class totally ignorant, and nevertheless managed to work and toil and get that that hundred? Obviously not, right? Even though they both kind of look the same on paper, my hundred is not, I didn't work for it. <laughs> so I think that this is really what the ultra rabbit is trying to teach us in this in this chapter and bringing it all together is we don't know how much people struggle and if anything we need to assume that other people are struggling more than we than we are and in this last section he's really telling us that we are like that student that's coming in with fluent hebrew and nevertheless we feel so special when we get a hundred on the test and the ultra is basically telling us don't feel so special you see those other people that are not getting hundreds maybe they're getting 70s maybe they're getting 60s maybe they're getting 50s you have no idea what their circumstances are what exposure they've had and the fact that you have had so much exposure and so much life knowledge and uh, and and for whatever reason you have been here, you are placed here listening to this Tanya podcast that immediately gives you an advantage over other people, but in the sense, not that you should feel better than other people, but that you should realize that you, that more is demanded of you and that you should actually really feel humble in front of others because this means that if you don't push yourself to your max, not only are you degrading yourself to their level, but you're actually degrading them yourself much lower than their level. Because again, because you, there's, there's more expected of you. So let's get right into the text and see how the altar explains it. So the altar says, but, so in truth, a person who is a scholar and a person who tries to keep up Hashem's Torah, like keep Torah and tries to be close to God, their sin, 
such a person's sin is actually so much greater and their guilt and is is much much greater in the sense if if they do not fight with this intense war with their impulses that we've been talking about and it's so much greater than the simple folk than the kalashabakilim the people that just sit on the corner and are far from god and torah how is it greater because these people these simple folk who are out in the marketplace and aren't really necessarily involved with spiritual service and things like that, They, it, we can't really hold them that much accountable over the fact that they are not conquering over their impulses that are uh, burning like a fi- uh, burning fire, f- a flaming fire out of fear of God who sees all of their deeds and all these things that we've been talking about that we're supposed to do. So we can't really hold them accountable in the same way that we would hold somebody accountable who is very, very close to God and to his Torah and to his service. And the then the Altarabet quotes the Gemara here, which speaks about Acher, about the the apostate Acher, who was in, in this, you can find this in the Gemara in Masachat uh, Chagiga, page 15a, where he was an apostate and he was really, really an apostate because he knew Hashem's glory. So he knew God. So this is the idea that, and this applies nowadays as well, that nowadays there's this idea that there actually are no real heretics. There are no real apostates because in order to really be a true heretic, you actually really need to know quite a bit. You need to be quite the Torah scholar. And there aren't really that many people in the world. I mean, the Ever were there such people on such a level that knew enough to be an apostate? And definitely nowadays. So uh, then the last thing the Altarabist says here is that this is why the sages said that these kind of people that are these ignoramuses, so to speak, that go against God's will, it says that that deliberate acts are like them as inadvertent acts. And this is in Baba Matia, page 33b. So the basic idea is that nowadays there's this idea of a tinok shenishba, a child who is held, held captive. And this is usually described as somebody who grew up in a non-religious home in a very non-Jewish environment and they don't keep Shabbos and things like that. So yeah, obviously it's like as if they were like a captive that was raised amongst uh, predators or something like that. So of course they're not, it's, it's against their will that they don't keep Shabbos. But nowadays this idea is can be extended even further that this is many, many people, even people who were raised in quote unquote religious homes that it could seem like, oh, they should know better. It's like there's just so much trauma and so much confusion nowadays that it's really not that simple. And so to bring it all together, I think my understanding of what the Altarab is really teaching us in this chapter is this idea of staying humble and focusing on ourselves, focusing on our own growths and recognizing the facts that we should hold ourselves to the highest standard possible. And if we look around us and we see people that are not behaving in ways or doing things on the standard that we're trying to achieve, that shouldn't deter us, that shouldn't make us think that we should slacken our efforts. And it also should not make ourselves feel holier than thou and self-righteous and better than other people. But we should re- recognize the fact that we everybody has different struggles. I have my struggle. You have your struggle. We all have our own personal relationships with Hashem. And we really need to stay in our lane. And we should hold ourselves accountable to the highest possible standard. And at the same time, not hold other people to the standard. So this is just for ourselves. So I really like the message of this chapter. Like I said, it really speaks to me a lot. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed it. And tomorrow we'll mo- we will move on to chapter 31. I'll speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast, hosted by Sarit Switzer. 
This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Abraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.